0: Welcome to Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida, and I'm your host for this rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom The Facts of Life. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I invite an actor or artist friend to watch an episode with me. Join us as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. Hey guys, welcome back. It's another week, another show, another Wednesday. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. Wow, the show is long this week, but we have so much to talk about, so I'm just going to get right to it. This week, my guest is Matthew Arder. He is back for Season 6, Episode 19, Gone with the Wind, Part 1. Original air date, February 13th of 1985. Only thing I need to prep you with is I do realize a couple of times I refer to the character of Kevin as Brian. I don't know where that came from. But anyhow, let's just get right into it and jump on in. Let's face the facts with Matthew Arder.
1: That's my blue swirl, David. That's what that was my superhero name. It was Blue Swirl.
0: Blue Swirl. <laughs> Your hair is um is standing fully erect on top of your head. I wish you would let me take a picture of it and share it with the with
1: the listeners. This is just for you, David. This is this is just for is it, you and your oh, pleasure. Oh,
0: I I don't deserve this. I really don't. I'd love to.
1: And and who's that woman that we always talk about that was almost Carol Brady? What's her name? Joyce Bulifant. I feel like my hair now is the Joyce Bulifant 80s cut right now. Did it ever change? Like, you know, like that 80s vertical ladies cut that like women had, like that power cut that was like.
0: Yeah, the bi-level. Yeah. Yeah. Almost
1: Sally Struthers-ish. It was like, it was very symmetrical. Did Joyce Boulifant have that hair? I feel like she did in the 80s. (laughs) I feel like she did have this haircut. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going by that because I've been asked at Publix if I was Joyce Boulifant.
0: Oh, and do you, do you lie and sign an autograph
1: just to make him feel better? Just like Tootie does in this episode of the <gasps> Facts of Life. Day.
0: Oh, that is perfect, David, perfect segue.
1: Look at you segueing from Blue Swirl to Facts of Life.
0: Well, uh, we joined our conversation already in progress. Welcome back to the show. Matthew, is is it Arder? Is that how you pronounce
1: it? Arder? David, yes, David. Get my name <laughs> out your mouth. <laughs>
0: Well, this is a two-part episode. Two-parter means two-arter. Here you are again. I'm so thrilled to have you, and I am so happy we have this episode to talk about, because spoiler alert, I have a fuck-ton of criticisms, and I kind of loved it.
1: (laughs) It is the most 80s sitcom episode to date.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, beautifully, beautifully put.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's it.
0: Oh, my God. It is great. What Matthew and I are talking about, dear listeners, is season six, episode 19, Gone with the Wind, part one, which had an original air date of February 13th of 1985, written by the wonderful Kimberly Hill. She's been a writer on the show since season four. And now, as of season six, she also has a producer credit. So she's a... a, a powerhouse of influence in that writer's room and directed by the one and only John boab mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Matthew, yeah. it is time. We've already kind of stated our general review, but you know, yeah. here we come mm-hmm. the short TV guide synopsis. If you would please provide, I am putting you on the spot.
1: Go. This week's episode of facts of, Garrett is on vacation with Ted.
0: <laughs> you got your B plot in again.
1: <laughs>
0: Mrs. Garrett is on vacation with Ted. Yes.
1: Mrs. Garrett who does not appear in the episode. Is this the first episode she in which she does not appear?
0: This is the first Charlotte Ray absence from the show in what she hoped would be many, many more. It took her another season to fully detach
1: it's Charlotte Less, this film. It's Charlotte free. It's not even Charlotte. It's not Charlotte Light, David. It's not, it's like, it's like in 1985, so it would have been Pepsi free was
0: bit. <laughs> the facts so. of light. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. And honest to goodness, um, her absence here, I didn't feel it. I didn't notice it. I'm really no. glad they didn't have to worry about what to do with her. And I think because they clearly wrote it, knowing that she wasn't going to be there, there is a lot more freedom and looseness about the the general feeling of the show. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes, but it also is one of my notes for the writers to go back and to send back to the writers as, okay. a, as a thought that that it could have been used as this episode could have been a stepping stone for their relationships. I feel oh. like.
0: I expect you to expound on that later.
1: Oh, I'm going to expound the shit out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, if we could,
1: thank you for asking me to expound expound it, David. (laughs) I'm going to just record that part and just repeat it over and over again. It's going to be my ringtone. Okay,
0: yeah. Because this show could use a good expounding every now and then.
1: Mm -hmm. See what he does, listeners? This is already, (laughs) we're five minutes in.
0: Oh, dear. It's like Tracy and Hepburn, reborn.
1: Which one of us is the lesbian?
0: (laughs) Oh bloody bloody hell! We're gonna. I'm just...
1: sorry. Yeah, they loved each other. Catherine and Spencer Tracy were fishing buddies. That they was it. Were... <laughs> <laughs> they compared leather saddles
0: on their horseback riding <laughs> on the golf course. They they practiced each other's swings on the golf course.
1: <laughs> she matched him stroke for stroke. <laughs>
0: All right. Are we ready to get into this, my love?
1: Yes. Yes, Okay.
0: Well, we start the show with uh, the exterior shot of Edna's Edibles.
1: Yes. And and I've been listening, David. Is this the first electric guitar? I know we've had the piano before, but is this the first? Because that is Facts of Life's sweet spot for me.
0: I think it might be. The others in before had been the little flute, (laughs) little smooth jazz, easing you in. What? How did they go? <laughs> I'm I'm also visually doing yeah. <laughs> the flute. I'm, yeah. I'm playing playing the air flute, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Because <laughs> 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 uh-huh. um, that is that's facts of life sweet spot. Like nah, 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 that that is is like for me. The opening of acts of life episodes.
0: That is season seven, and we are going to encounter so many things, Matthew, in this episode that are uh indicators of things to come. This really, this feels like a season seven episode. This feels like it is really looking forward, and then literally, oh fuck, Charlotte's back. Okay, let's let's write a show about the fucking croissants or something. I don't know, yeah. but yeah, this is.
1: This is... The most um 80s sitcom the show has gotten.
0: There are so many 80s tastic moments and we will get into like each and every one
1: cap, of them. It's, it's mad capness, it's tropes all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of sort of a bottle episode, isn't it? I mean a little bit. I mean, because we're never gonna mention <laughs> these people again. Never. Except for one, one, but we don't hear from Ben ever again. No, Even though they set up that they're going. So anyway, it's. A, I love this episode. It's a great episode. Yeah,
0: I agree. And I, like I said, I have so much criticism of it. It's crazy, um, and so, lots
1: of nostalgia triggers for me. Lots of nostalgia. Oh, triggers.
0: good, good, good. We'll totally get into that too then. So we also have at the start of show we have your electric guitar music. We have the yeah. exterior shot of the store, and we have the Ryan Cassidy as Kevin, credit. Because mm. mm-hmm. God forbid they stick him into the opening theme like they did with Kelly, and no. God forbid they put him in the end credits. He's a fucking Cassidy. You don't put him in the end credits. How do you get that billing? How, I, like, it had I, never been done before. What kind of a deal did he have to work out?
1: Well, and suddenly Joe isn't just the and Nancy McKeon as Joe. It's yeah. It's like, I'm. Mm.
0: Yeah, but but Ryan Cassidy. Huh?
1: She worked hard for that credit.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> but you'll notice it, it it ain't no and Ryan Cassidy as Kevin. It's just Ryan Cassidy as Kevin.
1: Right. So it's different, but it's still a blank it's a name as. That's yeah. a big, that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, we
0: don't get Kim Fields as Tootie. She must have her agent must have been like, What the fuck is that? He was like, Take what you can get, girl. No. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding.
0: Okay. So um, for the exposition impaired, the first line of the show, Matthew Blair looking to the others and says out loud, "Ah, four healthy young women with nothing to do on spring break. (laughs) So, so what's the premise of the show again? Oh, okay. The four of them have nothing to do on spring break. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. (laughs) So then Blair starts saying, come on, Kevin, you've got to go someplace with me. I've been cooped up here for days. This is Blair now. And I'm like, "Okay, wait a minute, Blair, you were sweet on Kevin two weeks ago. Last week, you had your drug dealer cokehead boyfriend. And at the same time, Joe seemed to be connected to Kevin last week. And now Blair is the one saying, oh, come on, Brian, let's do something. Let's go somewhere. And Brian's like, nope,
1: gotta fix a chair. So by now we've established that he has sniffed everybody's panties in the house and chosen his (laughs) favorites. And it is not Blair. That's what I got out of this scene, David. That's what I took away. (sniffs) Obviously, by the way, he's, like, flirted his like Because, like, the first episode, it was Natalie uh-huh. that had it. You know, like, the first episode he appears on Natalie, Horny Natalie was the first one on top. True. Like, on she the top jumped of that heat. And, <laughs> obviously, Joe jo was, like, getting her garlic and her crucifix handy, because she didn't want him coming near her. <laughs> but boys always want what they can't have. So, of course, his favorite is Joe. Yeah. So... True. He enjoys her, the smell of penzoil um, <laughs> on the panties.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Uh,
1: we also established in this first line that Mrs. Guerra is on vacation with Ted.
0: Mm-hmm. Presumably on their non-honeymoon in Canada.
1: Okay. We, we would figure now,
0: that's know. she's spending time with Ted. So there's just continued talk that it's spring break and they've done, n- they've nothing. They've nothing to do. All four of them, not all one of them made any plans. Tootie's just been becoming a couch potato. She's just eating. She's hanging out in her PJs. And then in comes Natalie. <sighs> my grandmother, the worst timing. Now she calls me and says, she's going out of town. Why don't I invite some of my friends to stay at her condo? It's already Thursday. Spring break is almost over. And they're like, stay at your grandmother's. Where is your grandmother's condo? Where is it, Matthew?
1: It's in Fort Lauderdale, David. So I don't know about you, but all I did was picture Molly Pecan living in Fort Lauderdale.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a very good question. Is it Molly Pecan? Is that the grandmother who lives here? And uh, I have two different uh, bits of evidence that could go either way. The first is when we get to the condo on the piano, there are photos and there's one photo of Natalie and there's a photo of a woman with dark hair. It looks like that photo might be Mitzi Hoag, who plays Natalie's mom.
1: So that's, I love that you saw that because I was going to in my notes to bring up that the only two things that say this is a facts of life house is Natalie's headshot, first of all. (laughs) Which, don't you love in epi- in TV shows when they have to use somebody's photo and you can tell it's their fucking headshot?
0: Yes, I like, I love that because it's like so cheap. We talked about that in The Worst Witch, how they they needed a picture of um, Tim Curry and it was literally his, like, it's what he submitted to be considered for the role, yeah.
1: The episode of the um, fucking Golden Girls where they ma- they blow up a picture of Rose. I think they're in... Um, they're in Russia. It's her dream where she's in Russia. The photo behind her is from her fucking book. Is oh Betty my White's God. fucking book? So I just <laughs> you spot a headshot in a show. Yes. Isn't a chorus line. But um, <laughs> so, okay. So you okay. saw that. That's so, all I saw. I didn't see anything that would lead me to believe it was uh not Molly Pecan. Well, well
0: if it was Mitzi Ho, I mean Molly Pecan is her paternal grandmother. Remember, because it was when her dad died, Molly Picon was there at the funeral. So Molly Picon is Natalie's dad's mother. If there's a picture of Mitzi Hogue on the piano, that implies it could be Natalie's mother's mother.
1: Okay. okay. But see.
0: on the flip side, uh, Natalie later, when she is having problems, when there's a big party going on, there are people futzing with the stuff and the knickknacks and the figurines. Natalie does say, would you be careful? Those are from war-torn Europe. Right. And we do know that Molly Pecan was involved in the pogroms when she was a little girl. Not to say that um Natalie's maternal grandmother couldn't also have been through some shit in war torn Europe before coming to America. But isn't um, it
1: Molly Pecan, who in her first episode tells the story of the gun being held to her head? And mm-hmm.
0: so I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm of either mind where I'm like it could be it could be uh, Molly, Mona. Mona was the Molly's name, right? Right. Yes.
1: So we have no idea where they are.
0: <laughs> yes, we have no idea. <laughs> They're exactly. in Grandma's
1: condo. I want to know why the shop is closed, though. Like, is it because oh. spring break is a? It's a college town, and like.
0: I wondered the same thing where they're like, what? We could just run off, Natalie, we could do this. And Blair is like, we could just hop a ride on my dad's jet. It's like, well, bitch, you could have planned a vacation last week. What are you incapable? You, you could have called a travel agent in 1985 and they would have done all the fucking work for you.
1: And I would assume they'd have to drive to New York city for the, her dad's jet, wouldn't he? Or
0: uh, I guess. I well, I mean, is he so rich? He would he send it? Would they? I mean, there's got to be an airport, a private airport somewhere in Peekskill where they could do it. But we've never, ever dealt with Blair's dad's private jet. Like, that has never, ever come up. I think the idea of it has been there, but we've never physically ever seen it or known of them to use it. Correct? Right.
1: Like, it, yeah, no. It, it obviously, it's been... I feel like referenced or something, but, um, no, we've never had Blair use it like a taxi, like an Uber. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But
0: nonetheless of the reasons to go is that we can hop a ride. And they do say Kevin is here to look after things, but Blair does say the shop is closed and I'm with you. I'm like, Ah. it's a, I I will tell you from my college town, life did not end. It did not become Omega man. (laughs) <laughs> During the summer breaks when the students weren't at the college, The other fucking people lived there year-round and needed to buy groceries and their gourmet marmalades.
1: They definitely needed their quiche <laughs> and their croissant, obviously.
0: But I was happy they did say Mrs. Garrett is off with Ted. So I didn't remember that they ever mentioned him again after they almost got married. So this is good. This is Ted... Uh, presence number two, even though he of course doesn't appear in the episode. So uh, yeah, it's good. Tootie's like, we need to walk in the wild side. Let's get it done. I'll grab, and they're saying things like, I'll grab the bathing suit. I'll grab the sunscreen and things like that. I'll get the towels. Let's go. Ha ha. And off they go. And this happens quickly because the meat of the episode really is what happens after this. This was just, okay, uh, you got two pages. Get them the fuck out of town. Yeah. And uh, now we are here. We are in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Matthew. Yeah. Just just down the way, <laughs> three hours from here. No. <laughs> and we're at the condo. How
1: How would you describe the condo? Um, it could be the set of the Golden Girls. For God's sake, <clears throat> it's that Florida that you still find in mm-hmm. certain places. Oh yeah, Florida coral, um, that shady blue, the color, sea foam green, Seafoam green colors, and it's everything you would decorate a Florida apartment to look like in 1985, mm-hmm. There's, or an old th- person's apartment in Fort Lauderdale in 2020. <laughs>
0: and they're yeah everything is white like there's no fixtures there's no wood tones there's no warmth it's all bright whites there's a cool spiral staircase in the back which i kind of fucking love
1: yeah and don't old ladies love a good staircase like that in their in their condos (laughs) don't you you... love a death trap in the middle of your fucking condo for your 90 year old ass (laughs) you gotta climb the fucking spiral staircase every night molly pecan
0: (laughs) I think the steps are higher than her legs are long. I mean, it is ridiculous. I did think about that. It's like, gee, when you got a bad hip, I can't. The only good thing I'll say is when you go up the stairs, it's narrow. So you grab onto both sides and you can kind of hoist yourself up. But yeah, a two-story condo in a retirement scenario is kind of like a,
1: "Mm, I don't think so. What neurosurgeon died and left her all that money?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. There's plastic
1: furniture That's the big joke when they get there. Is You can tell it's an old person's apartment Because of plastic furniture Which I would say is a trope, David But it's one of those stereotypes That is funny because it's true Oh, yes Anybody in your family That had plastic on their furniture? I did I'm trying up? to think I I uh,
0: I feel like I did, and I can't remember who it was. But there was like an elderly aunt who did absolutely.
1: Well, my uh, mine was aunt mine was Aunt Tootie. I shit you not. What? Not a not a word of a lie. Her name was Aunt Tootie.
0: Was she black?
1: I, I, I no. I wrote it down, and it wasn't until this very second I said it that I put Tootie and Tootie together. What? That it even dawned on me That there was a character named Tootie And I was bringing up Aunt Tootie (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Ah. It didn't even fucking dawn on me Until right now But Aunt Tootie and Uncle Les Everything was fun covered in plastic They left the plastic on their Lampshades
0: Oh my god
1: Like, everything. And looking back now, they were in their early hundreds when I was a kid, (laughs) David. And I'm thinking, like, their house looked like it hadn't been touched since 1948 when Uncle Les got home from the war. (laughs) But everything's covered in plastic. And looking back now, they might have just been some fucked up swingers. Oh, You know what I mean? Easier
0: cleanup. Totally. Yes.
1: Like in the 70s, Aunt Tootie and Uncle Les were like wearing leather and hosting swinger key parties.
0: (laughs) Were there a lot of punch bowls at their house? Do you
1: remember? Mm, Not that weren't filled with ribbon candy from 1972. (laughs) (laughs) Ribbon? Is there anything
0: more identifiably associated with old people than ribbon candy?
1: Well, were there's heart, were there's yeah, originals? The yeah, candy.
0: but I Fucking mean,
1: ribbon. have you ever heard anybody be like, Oh, ribbon candy? ah, oh, get out of my way. I, yeah, gotta get to that ribbon candy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah, never, never said that I've ever heard. No, okay. uh,
1: so, plastic so, on the furniture that's a joke, and they make it, and we move on. <laughs> and,
0: and Matthew, we do need to pause. Oh, okay. And uh, analyze their choice in travel garb. Okay. Okay. Every one of them is dressed in one singular color. First of all, the only <laughs> yeah. one, the only one that does not have a one singular color is that Joe has got on a mint green shirt with a mint green jacket, kind of your big puffy '80s adorned. And feminine jacket, and then she has light blue jeans that are the same tone as the mint green. So, in the shitty video quality you see on the Daily Motion video, it looks like one bluish greenish blob of same. I color. thought
1: in the version I saw, I thought Joe. She's the only one I remember. I thought she was wearing a mint tracksuit.
0: No, no, she's wearing okay. blue jeans.
1: Okay, because right.
0: So then, as far as the others. Uh, Natalie is wearing a gray onesie, like a, I guess we call them jumpers. We've had jumpers before. It's a gray jumper, Uh. long sleeves, uh, baggy with a gathered waist. So there's something cinching the waist and then it blousing over uh, just to make sure she looks 40 to 50 pounds heavier than she actually is. (laughs) At least they
1: gave her a belt. What a fucking pin it. Put a pin <laughs> in that, dear. Business. At least they gave Natalie a belt. Because next to you're so we're in the
0: same page uh, here. Next is Tootie wearing a baby blue onesie with no belt. It looks, she looks like a toddler with a fucking diaper on.
1: But she, like, there's no shape to her. She looked like fucking, um, What's her pussy from Willy Wonka that blows up like a
0: blueberry? (laughs) Violet Beauregard. I wouldn't say that big, but I would say her body was a Teletubby-esque is uh, what I would. (laughs) Yeah, that's more polite.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I would not have surprised me if there were attached feet to it. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. And then lastly, thank God we have Blair, the bastion of fashion. She is in another jumpsuit, not the same one that we've uh, extolled the excellence of in the past, her dressy black one. This one is another one piece pantsuit. It has short sleeves. She's the only one with short sleeves in Florida. Yeah, you just got off a flight from New York, but it was a private jet. You could have taken your coat off and yeah. you might not have wanted to wear it in the cab from the airport, just saying. Um, but it's navy blue. It's dark, dark navy blue. It's it's a winter color. And it has a red pocket square, a matching red belt, and she has some matching red chunky jewelry. And, um, and of she, the four
1: of them... Huh? She looks fucking fantastic.
0: God damn, she <laughs> does. Of the God four I'm of them, her. I forgive her the color because... She just looks amazing. But our close personal friend, Diana Eden, clearly has not shown up yet to set shit right.
1: Because (sighs) I don't think people watching this in 85 took any issue with what they were wearing when they walked in. I don't think anybody in 1985 watching this was like a jumper because they were fucking everywhere.
0: Yeah. So oh, I'm, I don't I don't think so either. But that. I'm just saying in hindsight, it's one thing to be like a pattern is weird. A shape is strange or whatever. But how many times has the word unflattering been said on this podcast? Yeah. It's like no matter how you slice it in any era, in any period of history, there are always clothes that any woman of any body, shape or size can wear that don't make her body look worse.
1: They do not subscribe to that way of thinking.
0: (laughs) It definitely does not, does not. So, um, uh, yeah, the only other thing to note before we meet uh, Ben, the handyman super of this condo, is that Joe does say to the others, now, I've given this a lot of thought, and I've decided I'm really gonna cut loose this weekend. Have fun, you know?
1: Who says that? Uh, thank
0: you. Okay. It's like, okay, you know what? I know that I typically walk around thinking I can't have fun. Ugh. Yeah. you know, enjoying yeah. myself really should be avoided. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean unless she's trying to declare that I'm I'm gonna try desperately to be interested in a man, uh, go for it girl, try go off the beaten pathway too. Yeah. Uh, lesbos.
1: We don't really need to tell people. I'm really going to cut loose this time.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, It's so weird. So weird. Um, So Tootie has run upstairs to check out the place. Tootie is really happy and energetic. She's really she's the one who in many ways is the one that's cutting loose without having to declaratively state it to her friends. And Tootie comes downstairs with this cute blonde guy behind her. And it's it's like oh who's that? What were you two doing up there? And he goes, none of your business, and puts his hand around her. Yeah, and Uh, Tootie's like sixteen
1: year old junior,
0: sixteen year old. Yes, and (laughs) Tootie's like, this is great. Like she's like, oh my god, he's totally pretending that we were fucking up there. I feel so adult. (laughs) But um, yeah, he is the handyman slash the the superintendent of the building. Um, it is played by actor Mark, and I'm going to preface this by saying, "No, I am not having a stroke." While I say this, Mark Tim Chishin,
1: David, blink if you're not having a stroke.
0: I'm I'm blinking. I'm not having a stroke. Um, Tim Chishin. I'm going to spell this: T-Y-M-C-H-Y-S-H-Y-N. would like to buy a vowel, please. Yeah, was he Russian or something? I don't know, whatever it is. But to the best I can estimate is it's pronounced Tim Chishin. And uh, I don't know why he never became a big star. Might be the name, just throwing that out there. Um, Before I start this, there are a lot of actors and a lot of new peripheral characters, one-offs. And I promise you, Matthew, and I promise you listeners, I'm not going to go into deep, deep detail with all 40 of them i don't want to be here all night you have imdb you have a fucking computer you can google it yourself so the deal is this actor
1: if the resume of the waitress is that important to you you have access to imdb dear listeners
0: yep even i am drawing the line finally after 126 episodes um but uh, just of note, because he is an important character here, his appearance here, I don't know which was in the can first, but he appears on the Facts of Life, Matthew, fresh off the heels of his win as the grand champion on Star Search in the leading man category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember when they had actors, they had the acting yeah. uh, the section of it with actors doing a horrible two-minute scene with jenny lee harrison or some other d-list celebrity
1: or joyce (laughs) bouillon so hello ben hello Uh, ben cute this is when it could have turned into a porn for me david when the handyman is hot it immediately becomes a porn for me (laughs) Like isn't that like a, such a fantasy though? Maybe
0: like, that's what. It, maybe the name Tim Chishin is the sound you make while performing some sort of a sexual uh, act.
1: I would suck his chimchism. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but isn't isn't your day get a little bit better when you got a handyman coming over and he looks like Ben?
0: Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That that brightens up any any cloud that you, you might go, have over you.
1: And if you open the door and he looks like Ron Jeremy, you're like, fuck, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Hervé Villachez? What? Uh, When you got to, like, assign a cable guy, get a cable guy to come, you're like, fuck! Well, maybe he's going to look like Ricky Martin. He never does. Nope. He never does. He never looks like Ben. No. Uh, So, hot Ben.
0: Yeah, hot Ben there. Uh, By the way, he lives in Fort Lauderdale and works here at the condo. So, it is... Spring break, presumably March in Fort Lauderdale. He's wearing jeans and a t shirt, full Mm -hmm. length blue jean pants, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Well, in March in Florida, if you are a Floridian, I feel like jeans are something that people might wear in March. It's like Uh that's when you that's like the last you can wear your jeans. And Fort Lauderdale, David, they get the wind. So they, they, there's a breeze in Fort Lauderdale that makes it much more lovely than the fucking stagnant air in Orlando. Orlando, like... It's like you stepped into somebody's mouth. It's so humid and gross. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale gets a breeze, so I didn't. I wasn't mad that he was in blue jeans. Maybe, yeah. I,
0: I, not. I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm not going to. This is not a a gross infraction. But I will say that if you're a handyman and you're super, you want your mobility. Typically. Yeah, no.
1: You'd wear you'd wear some you'd wear shorts. You'd wear basketball shorts with no underwear is that what you're saying David? <laughs> <laughs> well we wish in this gotta case. get all dirty and sweaty bens. <laughs> Maybe his name is Bens Dover. Ben Ben Dover. Ben Dover. His last name is Dover. Ben Dover.
0: So, the other thing about this dress, this outfit I do want to point out is that later when we know a storm is coming, we see him in the same outfit, and he has added a jean jacket over it mm-hmm. no i'm I'm sorry, I've lived in Florida for seventy four years now, and um anyway we'll we'll get to that. We'll do that anyway. Uh, ben is there. The girls are all, ooh, he's cute. And he and Blair immediately start sparring. It's like yes. speaking of Hepburn and Tracy, speaking of Roz Russell and Cary Grant, the sparks are flying and you're a rich cunt. And she's like, you're a poor little piece of shit asshole. Ugh. I'm paraphrasing. Which,
1: but it's totally out of character for her. She's Blair. She's not that she, that's. I mean, yeah, maybe three years ago, Blair, but not Blair anymore. Blair would never be that mean to a stranger, I don't think. I don't know.
0: She was treating him like a servant, kind of a deal. That's what was was coming out of it. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. It was a little bit imposed, but the idea is that we've got to get them in a place where it's like, ooh, they hate each other. So that later, spoiler alert, they get
1: together. David, they were just talking. She just talked this out, Just have to have this out with her or her friend. She has to defend herself on spring break
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> to yeah. her
1: friends. Yeah, but we don't know that yet.
0: That's next Hang week. Next week's episode. Night. Do we find out what they did or didn't we do?
1: We get very moonlighting and everything. But the girls decide they're gonna go to the nightclub, the red claw, David.
0: Yeah, the I red noticed claw. that.
1: The red claw. Guess what the red claw is? What what is the red claw? A figment of their imagination, David, is what it is. Yes. The Red Claw—it was never a club, or a bar, or a restaurant that existed in Fort Lauderdale. Ever?
0: <laughs> did you? Did you deep dive to find yes. that
1: out? Yes. Yes. There's one. In, there's a restaurant called the Red Claw in San Antonio, Texas, or something. Uh-huh. There has never been, and never will be. I'm guessing a Red Claw <laughs> nightclub. And if it is, I don't know if I would go. It's like the Rusty Anchor. It sounds like.
0: Yeah, I was going it... to ask you that. Is like, was the Rusty Anchor a real place in Miami on the Golden Girls?
1: Not if it was. It sounds like an, an old leather bar. Yeah. <laughs> the Rusty Anchor, because we had in Orlando. We used to have the Silver Hammer. You remember that? Place, oh, oh David?
0: That, that's um, that's it's actually
1: a little before my time,
0: Matthew. Okay. But I did hear about it. Yes. So they decide
1: they're going to the Red Claw, so nobody in the writer's room could have been bothered to maybe look at a Fort Lauderdale phone book or anything, or maybe, like, use a real... I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, but did they want to give somebody free advertising, you know? They (laughs) could could look for sponsorship, I suppose, but... um, Okay. We have a little quick thing of the girls having their IDs checked, and they are checked by this guy named Leon. He... Is so insanely fucking hot. Do I lie, Matthew?
1: No, you do not lie, David. Not a word of a lie.
0: <sighs> the actor is Rick Moser, and Rick Moser is a former football player for the NFL.
1: Yeah, I played like to Moser up behind his tight end. Is what I would like, to do. <laughs>
0: like to be a wide well, receiver for that? Hmm.
1: He can Moser on up anything he wants.
0: But uh, yeah, he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, between 1978, and 1982, played for the Miami Dolphins in 1980, Kansas City Chiefs in 1981, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 1982. Yeah. So he was right at home playing a, a Floridian on his Hollywood soundstage. Uh, but there is a very funny little moment here where Tootie and Natalie try to sneak by him because we later find out they have fake IDs made by Joe. Remember when Joe did fake IDs uh, what, four years ago in season
1: two? Yeah, she's still doing that side hustle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, wow. But Joe has evolved so much. Uh, (laughs) But the funny thing is as they quickly pass by Flash their IDs he's like, hey, 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 wait a minute. And the girls are like, oh, and he turns to Tootie and he says, were you in the movie Fame? And Tootie, I got to say, this was a great Kim Fields moment where she just goes, I came here to get away from all of this. Yeah. And uh, so here's the thing. I uh, Matthew, this is a true confessions moment for me. Mm-hmm. I have never seen the movie Fame. No, who has? Well, apparently 40 kabillion people. It was a huge hit. Yeah. You didn't care about it, okay? Because I was going to say, does Kim Fields resemble someone from Debbie the movie Allen.
1: Fame? Debbie, Debbie Allen, Allen wasn't in the movie. She was in the TV show, right? Um, maybe she he thought she looked like Irene Cara.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I I did a little bit of a deep dive on this, Matthew, because
1: um, that's Irene Cara, David.
0: She is. She's biracial. And she's more Latina than she is of African descent. I don't see it. Looking what, at what Irene Cara looks like in the movie Fame, next to Kim Fields, I'm like, I don't see it. I'm wondering if it was supposed to be somebody else. And I just don't know the movie well enough. Let me not dwell on this. Because the beauty is that Tootie plays it up beautifully. And she's like, okay, I'll give you one autograph. And that's it. That's my last one. pen. And Natalie quickly grabs a pen, napkin, grabs a napkin. It's this great, amazing, awesome moment where 2D just plays it up. It's fantastic.
1: And she asks his name and he says, Leon. And she says, with one L, how many fucking L's do you think are in the name Leon? <laughs> that
0: was a funny joke, I thought. I like that, with one
1: L. <laughs> I love that you think that was the funny part and have completely gone past the actual joke of this scene. Joe's fucking the- jumper David.
0: <laughs> it is legitimately the next thing in my list it says costume check like we got it I, We I wanted to get past Leon I wanted to get them in the in the fucking bar in the red but it's the, the
1: first thing you see in the scene she's the first one into the scene yeah she's she's the one standing there giving lee on her her id she's the first one she's leading the group she's in red when you put something in red on a stage it immediately becomes important david why was that fucking jumper red
0: well she's going to the red claw she figured she would dress the part maybe (laughs)
1: She looks like the goddamn fucking mascot of the Red Claw is what she looks like. Yeah,
0: like you just put a head on her that's like a shrimp head or something. Yeah, it is so... It's like what Tootie was wearing in the previous scene, where it looks like a toddler's outfit where you, you have easy access because you might need to change the diaper.
1: It you is just want to say, Joe, for once, be a woman. <laughs> like, there is... There's nothing, there's nothing to her shape in there. She looks like a goddamn Oompa Loompa walking around in that thing.
0: Um, I'm going to say the word again, Matthew, unflattering. Just going to throw that out there. So continuing with our costume check, because, you know, we changed out of our travel clothes to put on these, because we're in Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to put on a long sleeve, long legged teletubbies costume
1: this is what you wear when you cut loose in fort lauderdale
0: (laughs) (laughs) well natalie is wearing a big baggy long sleeve knit sweater not a knit shirt it is a fucking sweater got the sleeves rolled up Ooh, she's ready for the ocean and then she's got like a, a calf length skirt. It's just a hangy, drapey frumporama. It is so ugh. But thank God to class the joint up. Who knows how to dress for a Floridian vacation better than our close personal friend Lisa Welch? Remember what she was wearing?
1: She's wearing like, she looks like. Um... A 40-year-old soccer mom who is also (laughs) head of the PTA and running her own business.
0: Selling Mary Kay
1: Cosmetics. Mary Kay Cosmetics in Fort Lauderdale while cooking three square meals a day for her family. Mm -hmm. She is is fucking everything.
0: She is. And she has white heels on. She is wearing heels, a blouse, and a pantsuit. White shoes,
1: Before Memorial Day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And and she's
1: on vacation. What the fuck is happening? So they sit down and order a drink.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Tootie orders a drink, and thank God, the only one of them dressed in any way, shape, or form in vacation garb. She is wearing a onesie but it is a short sleeve shorts onesie. It has a belt that gives her a shape and it is yellow with a Hawaiian tropical print. This is how one dresses for spring break. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: (laughs) So they sit down, they order a drink and David, do you remember the, and she or Tootie gets the big joke. Um, because for some reason there's a waitress at this table in spring break in Fort Lauderdale.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, that, that happens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you just definitely walk into a bar and find a table on your own in a in spring break in a bar in Fort Lauderdale. There's yep. always just an empty table waiting for a party of four.
0: Yep, um, it could happen. So. Mm-hmm
1: there's a little there's a little trope for you. Oh look, there's an empty table right here.
0: Yeah. Um, and in the parking spot right in front of the entrance to the building. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um Joe orders a beer. Yeah. Uh, of course. And they ask what is on the menu and she says, "Beer in a can or beer in a bottle or beer from tap." So immediately Blair orders a white wine. Yeah. Which where was the comedy with her saying, did I not make it clear beer yeah. in a bottle or beer on tap? I yeah. got your white wine, sister. But she orders the white wine and Tootie orders the fucking what? White Russian, hold the uh, rocks.
0: And- uh, a whiskey sour, hold the rocks, extra glass. Like Tootie's got this big, long, involved thing. And Joe's line is, what are you doing? You're drinking like Hemingway here.
1: Yeah! Ha, ha. Ha, ha. oh oh! there's nothing like a good hemingway joke david and that <laughs> was nothing like a good hemingway joke
0: <laughs> and they're like tootie what are you doing and she's like i'm not gonna drink it i just want to order my first drink it's so exciting
1: so they no sooner sit down and then men of course descend upon them david Yes. Like vultures.
0: Everywhere, like bums on a ham sandwich, let me tell you.
1: They saw that red jumper, and they were like, anything could be under there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But of all the men who descend, no one can compare to Flyman. The band starts to play, and... The lead singer is this rocker dude with the mullet. He's wearing leather pants. He's got a black jacket with the sleeves rolled up, an orange T-shirt. Uh, total rocker vibe. And I had to look up what this was called, Matthew. He's wearing a bandolier. Do you know what that is?
1: I do, but I'm a homosexual.
0: I, I, I've... I have been known to be one from time to time in my own life. I was like, I literally Googled, what is that belt thing with the bullets in it? <laughs> and it came up, it's a bandolier, it is a belt, but it's typically worn like a sash in a Miss America pageant. Then I was back in. So um, yeah, he's wearing, that's that's the rocker edge that he has as he's got this, this strip of the bullets going down uh, across him. But uh, this is actor Michael Damian. Michael Damien is an actual rocker dude. He did record some albums. He had a number one hit on the Billboard charts. It's a song called Rock On from 1989. And uh, yeah, that's a record that went gold. And it is from the soundtrack of the wonderful film Dream a Little Dream. As the band plays and they sing this amazing 80s tastic song like it is so fucking amazing um he is singing it selling it and he starts staring at joe and they're like oh joe i think he's looking at you and joe's like i don't think so and then he runs down and is actually physically dancing and basically like rubbing his dick on her while he's singing this song and uh, people who aren't a fan of Michael Damian as a rock and roll singer might recognize him from four hundred and twenty-four episodes of *The Young and the Restless* between nineteen eighty-three and twenty thirteen. That is crazy. That's a lot of fucking shows. So he's kind of like a Rick Springfield, the sort of soap actor rock rocker dude type. But I've got to say, I fucking love him in this episode. His vibe, the way they've made his character, this sort of—I um, I, guess—Flyman. This weird. It's supposed to be like an Adam Ant kind of a reference. That that's his thing. And you know, why why do they call you Flying Man? And his response is like, "Well, why not?" And Joe was later like, "So what's the deal? Why were you all about?" you know, picking me out of the crowd and bringing me on the stage. And he was like, it was your aura, man.
1: He's he's just playing that, that spacey. He says, I have two earrings like everyone else to her when he's trying to win her over. Okay. So he says, I have two earrings, like everyone else,
0: Joe says, you come from another world. And I come from this one. <laughs> I think that's a great line. So, yeah, but I, he sells it, and the fact is, he is a rocker dude, and they cast a rocker dude, not an actor pretending to be a rocker dude. He had it the whole package. I am team Michael Damien all the way.
1: I only wish they hadn't cast someone that looked exactly like Joe Polnicek. (laughs) They have the same hair, David. (laughs) They have the same baby face, like chubby. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like she's making out with herself. (laughs) It is like looking in a mirror, and (laughs) it's it's like big business starring Joe Polnicek and Michael Damian.
0: (laughs) Oh no. I'm laughing because you're not wrong. Yeah. Wow. And uh, though I will say of the difference is I I think he's a little prettier than she is. (laughs) So no sooner is Joe pulled up on stage by Flyman than this blonde dude sits down and starts drinking Blair's drink. And so Tootie is just off. Tootie is a fucking party animal running through drinks for everybody. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Tootie is loving her life. And I have to admit, I... I needed that. It was good that we knew that some people were just having a good fucking time on this trip. That's me anyway. But this blonde dude sits down while Blair and Natalie are still at the table. And he introduces himself as Morgan Wilson, pre-law, Brown. So he's Ivy League. But in case you weren't sure if he was Ivy League, We made sure that you would know that because we, on The Facts of Life, cast a very handsome, blonde, blue-eyed, hunky dude. And in Florida, in March, we have him in a sport jacket and a tie. Uh,
1: Again, this is one of those tropes I was talking about. Why is is that man in this bar? (laughs) What would he be doing there? There's no reason for him to be there. There's literally no one else dressed like him
0: at all. Uh, It's crazy. At least the tie was untied a little bit.
1: Before he came to the bar, he told his friends, you know, I'm really going to cut loose this weekend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to untie this tie about a quarter of an inch. The actor's name is David Wysocki. (laughs) W-Y-S-O-C-K-I. There's a joke in there somewhere. You want to go for it? Why <laughs> I
1: wrote down, they could not have found a more bland man to play this part. I Like, he's dead behind the eyes to me. Like, the acting is... Uh, anyway, I, I could... But I think that's
0: by design. I think he's perfect for the character because the character's supposed to be that way, too. He's like,
1: <clears throat> now I get up and say my line. Now I sit down and say this line and look over here. I, I just didn't see an actor. <laughs> you, found, you found the performance uh, mechanical. Hmm. I'm no Olivier over here. But um, <laughs> well, I did buy myself an Emmy Award, for Christ's sake. So. You did.
0: <laughs> so uh, he very quickly takes a liking to Blair, and he introduces his companion, <laughs> his associate. Um, this is John. And John is a very, very tall gentleman. Mm. And do you remember what Natalie says to him? No. Natalie looks up at him, and the actor is Mike Jolly, and he is six foot four and a half inches, according to... So
1: le- enough about the four. Let's talk about the half i don't know that's no that that joke doesn't work there
0: (laughs) but it's so funny six foot four and a half like oh yeah because when you're six foot four you need that other half an inch or you wouldn't just round it up to six foot five he's a very very tall man and in response to looking up from her seated position to his fully extended height natalie says wow what kind of tree are you
1: One that she's going to lift her leg in front of later on. No. (laughs) But you know what
0: that's a reference to, Matthew? No. There's a very famous Barbara Walters interview from 1981 where she asked Katherine Hepburn, if you were a tree, what kind of a tree would you be? Now you're, you're nodding. You remember this, right?
1: Yes, now I do.
0: This was considered one of the low points in Barbara Walters' career because it was like if you were a tree? What kind of a tree? What the fuck is that? In fact, Matthew, that is not what she asked. That is apocryphal, but it is not truthful. Mm. What happened was the tree moment cropped up during the interview because Catherine Hepburn at one point described herself as feeling like a very strong tree in her old age. So Kate is the one that brought up the tree allusion and barbara walters pressed on with that as a journalist would and said oh what kind of tree are you is what she said and katherine hepburn said she preferred to be an oak rather than an elm in order to avoid dutch elm disease (laughs) and i don't do a good i don't do really do katherine hepburn do you do do you do a katherine hepburn impression
1: Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if I do Catherine and I was going to have to tell the story about 1978. Um, no, no, not did you do her. Oh, God, that was and, awful. It was like sandpaper, David. Um, <laughs> mm, Jesus. Oh, but so Abby, now, the whole, now the whole tree thing does make sense. Because um, no. there was, a, there was I, I'm pretty sure there was sawdust when we were done. Um, <laughs> Anyway, well, I only
0: do an impression. How, how did that? What, what, under what's I have to know what were the circumstances that one would a uh, homosexual such as yourself mm-hmm. would find yourself in flagrante delecto with okay. the one and only Catherine Hepburn in 1978?
1: David, it was the seventies. We did a lot of things outdoors. It's I mean, it was sometimes in the rain, muddy sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you didn't you didn't know. You didn't know. And Catherine was a big hippie Kate, if you will, and I think you will. Um <laughs> big hippie back then. And um yeah, just I mean, I'm I'm not proud of it or anything, but you know, you could get into a white windowless van without worry back then, David. <laughs> Okay.
0: Well, as I was saying, I don't really do. Everybody does a Catherine Hepburn impression, you know. As far as the, you know, I would be an oak rather than an elm in order to avoid that. And it's not very good. It's not a good one at all.
1: What the hell are we talking about,
0: David? Um, so who, Natalie, for
1: some reason, is friends with this upper crust guy who doesn't like people beneath him, and yet here he is friends with this big dumb jock. Okay, got
0: uh, it. yeah, it's weird, but. Just before we go to commercial, not only has Tootie run around screaming, partying, buying drinks for everyone. Tootie says, oh, I invited a few people back to the condo to have a little bit more of a party. Really? Who? Everybody! (laughs) And they all start filing out of the bar conga line style for the most part.
1: It was a conga line, David.
0: You, okay, you <laughs> noticed that, too. They were, they're dancing, la, yes. la, la.
1: Oh, God. I cannot tell you how many college parties I've been to, David, where a conga
0: line has, has broke out. Uh, you know, once, once the Coke hits the coffee table, uh, you know, bunny hops start
1: happening. Jitterbugs. I thought you looked familiar. Um, <laughs> the back. Um, But yeah, it it was, (laughs) I did laugh at that because there's an episode where for Blanche's birthday, (laughs) they all conga, they do a conga line with all these men that come out of the kitchen and it's like, okay, facts of life and golden girls doing the same joke. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. When,
0: and it's one of those, it's like, it's a directorial thing. And I remember we ran into this, into a problem like this in high school, I think, where it's like, okay, everybody get off the stage, but. The entire company has to exit through one single doorway, (laughs) you know? And it's like, (laughs) you you couldn't have designed the set with a double door? Uh, (laughs) But, okay, you've been there, too. You know what I'm talking about. Oh,
1: yeah, or there's no backstage area for people to go to. So it's like, we all get off, and then there's one guy that's like, (laughs) oh, shit, they can still see me. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So we we go to commercial knowing that trouble's a-brewin', David. Yeah. Trouble's a-brewin'.
0: Well, they're probably going to go to the condo and have a party, and everything's going to be fun and fabulous, and they're going to have a great time, and the show's going to be over, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, David. Oh, David.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. no! Yes. We come back from the Commercial. We are at the condo. The party's in full swing. People are everywhere. Flyman and the band are setting up. They're putting the fucking band together. They're assembling the drum kit in a place that's a stage area because they're planning to do a fucking live performance in a goddamn condo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In a a condo where I'm guessing she's not the only... 80-year-old woman that has a condo in that building.
0: Ding, 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 ding.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking, and I'm feeling like these are the neighbors, these are the ones that would probably complain.
1: It's Florida where everything's in the 80s. The ages, the temperatures, and the IQs. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: wow. Nice. So Natalie is understandably perturbed because... Everyone is partying. People are throwing shit around. They're touching the knickknacks that she had pointed out earlier. Shouldn't be touched. And uh, I don't blame her. This was not a, a party of her design, and it's not her place. And she seems to be the only one to give a shit about
1: it. But also, David, I wrote down sitcom trope. I've lost control of the party at my house. Mm-hmm. Bitch, stand at that door and be like, you are not coming in.
0: Yeah. How this do they get in
1: grandma's fucking, this is my grandma's condo. No. Yeah. Get out of there. You are not doing a concert in grandma's fucking tri-level condo. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <sighs> well, we do have a little scene cut from syndication. It's actually kind of sweet. John, the tree guy asks Natalie if she's having a good time and she's like, uh, well, I'm the, this, this and that, and I'm worried about damage. And he says to her, um, if you need me to bounce anybody out, I'll take care of them for you. And she's like, oh, that's that's really sweet. I I might take you up on that. It's a very sweet moment where he's kind of saying, I'm looking out for you. And uh, it's good because of the four guys that we our girls are gonna be connecting with, Joe has already connected with Flyman. Natalie has already connected with John. Uh, we're about to see that Blair is growing very tired of Morgan. And then later, she will, in fact, connect with Ben, the super. Uh, So that's all in place. And this is where we meet the boy that Tootie is, I guess, taken with or something. Uh, If you thought that uh, Morgan was a stuffed shirt, the guy after Blair, we have Peter Played by actor Jeff Roby. And it seems like at some point in his career, he switched to being known as Jeff Williams. And uh, and he's still out there working, too, man. He's still got it. Um, and this is his first acting gig, by the way. Uh, but he would be doing a lot of guest spots. And, yeah, as recently as last year, he's still, he's still working. And he is very sweet. Um, but he is in a sport coat. Yeah. A turtleneck. And he's smoking a pipe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, he's adorable. Uh, he's, he, and he's reading poetry.
0: Too. And he's reading poetry. When we first meet them, there's a joke that they're trying to talk and have a conversation and the music's too loud. So they're having to yell into each other's ears. So the one sweet thing about this boy, Peter and Tootie is that she says, how long have you smoked a pipe? And he says, Oh, I just hold it. I really don't smoke. And then she looks and realizes she has a drink in her, and she says, "Oh, I really don't drink." And they're like, "Oh, they're connecting."
1: And they didn't have to do the whole like, like I liked that. Like I, I was afraid he was going to be, like, oh, for a very long time. And then she'd have to do the fake sitcom lie and everything. So I just, it was yeah. so sweet. I liked it. I liked that. exactly. Like Agreed. He's cute, but Ben, Ben comes back, David.
0: But Ben comes back and Natalie is like, I'm sorry, I might need your help when the party's over. And he's like, don't worry about it, Natalie, and let me worry about the storm. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Storm? There is a tropical storm on the way yeah. in, in March in Florida. Because, you know, that, that hurricane season.
1: It goes to, from June to November, David, because I did a deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> hurricane season is from June to November <clears throat> Yeah And it, um, the worst of it Is in August to October There have been David Eight Eight storms That have reached the category of hurricane Since they started tracking hurricanes That have happened outside of Hurricane season
0: Eight. And they've been tracking hurricanes for like a hundred years, haven't
1: they? Over that. Over a <laughs> hundred. The first one was in March of 1908 and also a category two and May of 1908, a category one. In January, January of 1938, there was a category one storm that did not make landfall. In 1951, December, there was a category one that hit the Azores, which is in Europe. It's like the hurricane was up Went the there. other way. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Hurricane Alice, first one named, December of 1955 lasted till January of 1956. Was category one hit the Lesser Antilles. Alma in May of 1970. May of 1970. Wow, category category one that actually hit Florida. So the first category actual hurricane that hit Florida <laughs> out of season was in May of 1970. Um, hurricane Lily, December of 1984. That's where I'm thinking that they got this idea, and they didn't even it didn't even dawn on them oh. that it was a hurricane season. Hurricane Lily, December 12th, 1984, but it didn't hit Florida, it hit Hispaniola. <laughs> Jesus. And in, in 2016, Hurricane Alex hit a Category 1, and it again hit the Azores up in, um, up in Europe. So we have had one, David, one <laughs> hurricane, in history of hurricanes, that has happened outside of this hurricane season, and it's actually hit Florida.
0: Wow. Well now, seventy. Well, well now two. And don't they later call it like Hurricane Anna or something in yes, the next? Yes, they next
1: actually week? do name it, which is appropriate that they used an A name because it is quite early in the season. It <laughs> would
0: have been the first. That's you for God goddamn sure. <laughs> but
1: that's not to say there aren't tropical storms that happen outside of the season, but oh, yeah. actually categorized as hurricanes. There has been eight, and only one of them hit Florida. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> wow. That was a deep dive. You you went real deep there, Matthew.
1: Mm, I'm just gonna play that over again in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then we do, oh oh, and, and this scene ends with a guy doing a gymnastic flip across the front of the stage. That is how out of control this party has gotted. Yeah. Wow. People are doing random, spontaneous gymnastics.
1: Whoa! You've got a band. You've got a floor show. Natalie, you are throwing a party. Mm -hmm. I'm your girl.
0: (laughs) Yep. You better get with the program. Uh, Yeah. We do go into the kitchen. And this was where Morgan corners Blair, trying to still see if she wants to get out of there. He tries to kiss her. He's constantly flattering her, and Blair is just not interested. And Ben comes in, interrupts them, and while he's boarding up the window in the kitchen, he's kind of cracking wise from the sidelines. Great line is where Morgan says, I'm going into corporate law. That will pay me what I'm worth. And Ben
1: says, can you live on that? <laughs> and and Blair is trying to stifle her laughter and her smittenness Yeah. With ben while she looks at his butt from out of the corner of her eye because it's right at eye level because he's up against the cupboard while she's just sitting behind him, and it's just right Matthew, there. Matthew, calm down. Sorry. Hey, calm
0: down. Take <clears throat> a breath. Take a breath.
1: Woo. Woo, we're here. Where <laughs> we were lost you.
0: We're in the kitchen. Uh, We get to the point where Morgan starts talking down to Ben, not unlike uh, Blair was doing earlier, but now Blair sees the error of her ways. And she realizes that chemically she is way more damp for Ben than she ever would be for Morgan. So very quickly, she carts him out of there. I forget how she gets him out of there. Doesn't matter. So then fly man sings a song. And this next song is dedicated to my favorite lady.
1: I hate it when they do sound like this, where it's like, no longer live sound. You know what I mean? And it's so obvious that it's no longer live sound. Yes. But what I will say is,
0: unlike part two coming up next week, this week, the two times he sings, he is singing into a microphone. Yes. So there is supposed to be amplification and the microphone creates at least a little bit of a barrier between the synchronous sound and the clearly pre-recorded, perfectly mixed song. Yeah. So I don't mind that. Next week, I believe he sings allegedly like live without amplification. Yeah. And it sounds exactly like it does in this episode when he's on the mic, right? Yeah, yeah completely. Yep.
1: Yep. Spoiler alert. While he's doing the while he's doing the song, they show the room, and literally everybody is doing the Carlton.
0: Oh my god!
1: Everybody in that room is doing the Carlton.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. I uh, there is just because they wanted to highlight the song, and there's no credit that says who wrote these shitty, amazing, hackneyed, incredible. Bland, generic, insanely <laughs> hummable songs. And I love them for how much I hate them.
1: Yep. And they're I love the perf- them. They're the perfect 80s songs. They, they're the I mean
0: this moment in the episode, it, it's one of those, it it makes me forgive everything else we've been complaining and bitching about because it is just unbridled 80s party joy dancing, cutting to people in the crowd, and Tootie is dancing her ass off. And it's, uh, I, I, I'm not gonna say I've ever been to a party like that, but when I was sitting at home, listening to my Monty Python records and, you know, playing checkers with my sister on Saturday nights in the 80s, this is what I imagined all the popular kids were doing. God, it's beautiful.
1: When I was at home watching all the '80s movies, assuming that's what other people's lives were actually like, it was, it was quite heartwarming. As well. Yeah. While everybody's doing the Carlton, Blair comes crawling in. She crawls in because she's hiding from Morgan. Oof.
0: And I don't blame her. Well, she runs into Ben, and Ben goes to Natalie, and she and she quickly whisks past him because she doesn't want him to see that she's running from Morgan. And now Ben goes to Natalie and says, the storm has been upgraded to a hurricane. But don't worry. I've secured the place. There's tons of radios and flashlights. The bathtub is full of water. Just don't bathe in it. Stay put and you'll be fine.
1: Yeah. So, um. Meanwhile, apparently we need the whole song. Yeah. She's in a different world. Because this song goes on for about four minutes. Of a 17 minute a TV show, <laughs> but this,
0: this shit happens during the song though, so I I don't mind. They break it up a little bit. I love it. I love it so goddamn. That song, it's the song that makes me so fucking happy. Really. Well, I
1: loved when um, Blair said um, he's got a perfect smile, blah blah blah, and I can't stand him or whatever. And Joe's line is, "This is Florida. Another perfect smile will come along in ten minutes." That really depends on where in Florida you are, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, people seem to forget: the farther north you go in Florida, the farther south you are. And um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, there's some towns where you're going to see um, no teeth in a smile, <laughs> um, or just the one or the two teeth in a smile. Yeah, that are that are right around Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, or or the whole town, one yeah. or two teeth among them. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that line. That was
0: funny. (laughs) I didn't think of that, but it's very funny.
1: Uh,
0: But Ben is like, Natalie, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to go check on the other condos. And Blair says, do you need any help? And he's like, no, I'm fine. And Blair says, but I want to. So he takes one of the yellow slickers that someone had come inside wearing when we first were made aware of the storm and he puts it over her shoulders like they're at a 1950s cocktail party or something. Well, but- she's
1: going out in what we're about to see video of a Category 5 hurricane, David. Yeah. <laughs> in her white and pastel <laughs> business suit and white heels, David. Yeah.
0: yeah, she's about to go out in all that. and the fucking
1: hurricane. That little raincoat over her shoulder is going to save her from all this. Still yeah.
0: Doesn't even put her arms in the sleeves. And then they cut to an exterior shot of fucking Hurricane Andrew slamming into Hollywood, Florida in 1992. Oh, my God. It is so not the right footage. It's so, so bad.
1: It's seriously horrible stock footage. I wrote 1955 judging by one of the cars that is visible in in it. But, yeah, it's definitely category (laughs) five
0: you might have been able to tell it was black and white if it wasn't so blurry yeah kind of a thing it's like yeah it was ugh. but um yeah and so over this stock footage Natalie is still on the microphone at the party trying to get the guests to leave trying to get everyone to be aware that there's a storm and Natalie's like are you listening don't use the phone unless it's an emergency
1: Great then, comedic bit by Natalie, the reading the fucking, the like getting on a microphone and reading the safety list. Please remain calm. Please <laughs> stay inside and away from windows. Like yep. that's a great scene for her. I like that.
0: It was. And then the punchline of this whole half of the episode is 2D, again, voiceover says, boy, when we give a party, freeze frame in credits. So my air flute is another thing that makes you laugh, apparently.
1: Oh, David, I can't tell you how much I enjoy your air flute. Mm.
0: (laughs) But the deal is, this is part one of two, and this was not ever broadcast as an hour long. I do check that, and I double-checked it because I fucked it up a couple of times on the podcast. This was... February 13th of 85 and part two, which we are going to do next week did broadcast the following week on the 20th. So that's the best they could come up with to end this show on a kind of cliffhanger. And like
1: how bad's the hurricane going to be, you know? Yeah. It's are they going to survive the hurricane?
0: It feels like a later season. It is, there is such a sense of the show letting its hair down and having, messier fun and really just going to different places, both figuratively and literally. It just, yeah, there's just this, this joy, this celebratory quality that I don't think we've ever truly experienced before. Do you?
1: No. Well, I mean, cruising kind of teased us with it a little bit. True. Um, of just bringing the girls outside of their quote unquote comfort zone which I'm all for, but I love like, this is just an episode that was written for this week and, Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't care like that. They are that Trudy's a junior. It's not important. Really? (laughs) She's
0: an (laughs) underage drinker. Yeah.
1: Nope. No problem. So it's, I mean, it's just, like I said, kind of a ball episode. Like you can put this on, watch it and be like, all right, I don't have to know anything else about facts of life to see this episode. True. so So
0: true yeah and we get a cliffhanger and we get to leave our dear podcast listeners with the big question are they gonna die is matthew's erect hair ever going to go down a lot of questions out there so uh ready to sign off and say goodbye
1: oh david i never want to leave you
0: Oh, you're so sweet. Well, we will be together soon to record the second half. You keep playing with that hair. It's like he's like Anne Margaret trying to seduce Elvis Presley with the way he is.
1: Would like it known that I am halfway vaccinated, David. (laughs) 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 So throw that out there.
0: Okay, I will take that under advisement. As I say, thank you for bringing the funny and always being such an amazing guest. So until next week, till we continue with the second half of this incredibly dramatic two-arder smooches and goodbye.
1: Two-arders too many. (laughs)
0: And there you have it. That was Matthew Arter. Be sure you tune in next week for the exciting conclusion. Only thing I didn't get to talk about on the show was that there is a character named Dawn in the end credits, and I forgot to look her up because I was thinking she was the waitress, and she's not the waitress. Dawn is the girl who comes out of the kitchen and asks Natalie if she has any chips. And Natalie basically says, go fuck yourself or something. Um, here's the deal. The actress is Dawn Gregg credited as Dawn Schroeder, and she is the older sister of Ricky Schroeder, and she's been on The Facts of Life before. She was Jenny in Season 4, Episode 2, The Source, one of the girls that congratulates Natalie on her amazing abortion article, and in Season 4, Episode 20, Who's On First?, Remember, that's the one where Natalie starts dating a guy and starts ignoring Tootie, and Tootie gets sad. And Tootie makes two new friends, including this same girl, Jenny, as well as... That was when Cheryl Epps came back in the role of Terry, the African-American girl that I loved and wished that they had used more as a sort of peripheral extra character throughout the Eastland years. Uh, Yeah, so coming back to this episode, when this girl Dawn walks out and says, "'Hey, do you have any chips?' Natalie should have said, Jenny? Jenny, what are you doing here? (laughs) Would have been interesting anyway. And then she would have been like, I'm Dawn. And she would have been, wow, you look just like my friend Jenny. And as a matter of fact, all of you look like Ricky Schroeder. Weird. Anyhow, next week, Matthew is going to be back for part two, season six, episode 20. You can watch it for free at DailyMotion.com. I will post the link in the show notes and on the web page. And something I keep forgetting to mention is that I always direct you to Daily Motion because I know the shows are always going to be there. But uh, apparently right now, seasons one to four are on the Roku channel and seasons three and four are on Pluto TV. So if you have access to those... You can watch the earlier episodes, doesn't do you any good here in season six, but uh, keep an eye on it because I I know I forget and it falls off of my radar, and oftentimes they swap out the seasons. So there may come a day down the road that the seasons align with this show, and uh, please alert me, let me know if you happen to see that that happens. That's all, guys, for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, remember... The facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Visit my website, facethefactspod.com, for supplemental photos and videos, audio extras from the digital cutting room floor, links to my social media, and ways that you can support the show financially. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever fine podcasts are found. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.